This is another episode of On the Grid by Z Prime. Love your energy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Z Prime On the Grid. I'm Dylan Lockwood. Joining me is co-host Joyce Dooley. Joyce, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Dylan. Happy to be back. Yeah, we're happy to have you back. Um, got someone else. Uh, got someone else cool on the call today. We've got uh, a new program manager at Z Prime. Well, newish. She's been with us for for a bit, but making a podcast debut. Uh, got Laurel Morris. Laurel, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you ha- for having me. I'm- You've been involved in a couple uh, public facing things, so people might have seen you um, our recent solar storage fest, or most likely seen you uh, with your segment at the end of our We Three Live series. Yes. Uh, for those in our audience who who aren't familiar with you, uh, why don't you tell us? Uh, a little bit about yourself and how you how you found your way here. I started off with always loving the environment and I majored in environmental engineering. And in school, I was involved in this case competition, which is where they give you a prompt and that you have a week to come up with a solution and win like $2,000, um, which is very appealing as a college student. So we put in a lot of hours and this specific case competition prompt was to create a 10-year plan for the country of Nepal for their energy and water problems. Nepal and the Himalayas, 90% of their population is in really remote um, locations. So we had to research all the different types of energy solutions from hydro to solar and storage, and then The real tricky part was how do you actually implement this, make it economic, Um, and then we we read into the World Bank and tried to figure out how could we implement it so that there was someone in each community that could be trained to install and maintain hydro and solar in each community. So that's when I completely opened my eyes to the world of energy and its beautiful complexity and ability to just transform people's lives once we create energy and water solutions. Then after that, I found my way into um, a clean transportation startup, Electrip, so electric, but Electrip. We did city to city Tesla rides with Wi-Fi um, in Texas and Louisiana for consultants, lawyers, and even a lot of people in the oil industry actually from Shell. Um, That's great. And then I left that about a year ago and found myself at Z Prime. And I love it here because I realized that we have about 99% of the technologies that exist to solve our current climate and many other problems. But the real issue is in economies of scale and adoption of these technologies that do exist. So that's where connecting people from all stakeholders in the energy industry to adopt these solutions and just communicate about that 
that's where I see Z Prime playing a big role. Laurel, thank you so much. It's so interesting to hear about your background. And, um, you know, it was the first time I really got a deep dive, even though we've been on the team together for a few months now. Um, One of the really great things that you do for us is during the We Three Live series, you do a segment called Laurel's Lessons Learned. So what are you trying to learn through this? And what are the questions or issues that you're interested in learning through about this process? Right. So Laurel's Lessons Learned is a series that I do, I kind of refer to it as a football commentary right after a big play goes on in a football game, but I provide commentary and a brief lessons learned after each one of our We Three Live episodes. So when I'm trying to figure out what these lessons learned are, I it really depends on the speaker. And I try to think about how would I summarize the key strategies or actions that people can step away from the session and really implement or think about when they're thinking about what should we do on Monday morning in order to advance clean tech innovation. So an example would be when we had regulator Sadzi Oliva talking about regulators regulating the statewide data platforms for utilities so that all utility data can be in one centralized place. Um, I highlighted the key opportunities and barriers for statewide data platforms. So uh, the reason we wanted to have you on, other than the fact that you're awesome, is that uh, is that you uh, were spearheading our most recent uh, publication that I believe is going to be turning into a regular publication, Clean Tech Chronicles, which is spun off from these conversations you're discussing. So, um, so tell us, uh, tell us about uh, that chronicle and where people can find it. The Clean Tech Chronicles. So this is presented by the We Three Summit, which is for water and energy, and. We created B3 to be one of the first global platforms that unites innovators specifically around water and energy, because this didn't really exist before, but water and energy overlap in so many different ways. And many utilities provide water and energy services. And then a lot of the clean tech solutions um, involving data and system awareness and smartness are really similar between the water and energy sectors. So with the We3 Summit and the series, we're really asking why are utilities embracing clean tech at what pace and what's holding them back from this, as well as who are the key leaders and stakeholders in this space. So on our We3 Clean Tech Innovation Series this year, our, I call it our talk show because it's a weekly 30-minute series. Um, we've had so many valuable live conversations with over 20 global innovators in the water energy utility space. Um, from utilities like SMUD and Align Energy to technology providers like IBM, SAP, and SEW, Smart Energy Water, as well as regulators like I mentioned. But we've been having this talk show for We3 and we wanted to create a different means to really absorb all of this information and valuable strategies and stories 
that we've collected. So we created the Clean Tech Chronicles digital magazine. And we've combed through these hours of interviews on our talk show and plucked the key insights, stories, and a device to form the magazine. What makes this different from, from Z Prime's usual content, like uh, like uh, this show, for example? <laughs> what makes this different? Well, I, I see the magazine as an additional medium for people to extract value from the conversations we've had at We3. It's a way to analyze the different strategies um, from a bunch of different stakeholders and compare them in one place to see what you can take away. So you go, people go to these conferences that are days long. You watch and listen to many panels and you connect with a lot of people. And it's an overwhelming amount of information that you absorb. I know I'm always tired after a conference, but the Clean Tech Chronicles magazine is like taking all of that information and filtering it for you into actionable stories. So how do you select the stories to highlight? So in selecting the stories, an episode that highlights, and I like to use as a model for selection of stories, is an episode we had with Kimberly Britton on the Week 5 series. So Kimberly talked about innovation theater versus innovation reality. And what she's seen a lot is a lot of sound and fury in PR, like zero carbon goals. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean delivery um, and action. So companies, they want innovation from their employees and what they often get are process improvement ideas, but innovation is something that really moves the organization strategically, not just an incremental process improvement. So when we're analyzing the stories, we try to pinpoint what could really transform an organization, what's a strategy that could take them to the next level in achieving their clean tech goals and Going back to the beautifully complex world of the water energy utility transformation, we're really evolving at a rapid pace. So we're identifying the relationships that are transforming with utilities and customers and that evolution and how our utilities embracing that. Um, and we choose the stories that highlight this innovative evolution that other utilities or companies can see as a case study and adopt. That's awesome. Um, so in, like, what are you looking for in terms of potential candidates for future talks? We're looking for people that are really challenging the status quo in energy or water, um, whether a startup, a regulator or utility and see, see them, people tell them that they are innovators and those are the people that we want to feature on our talk shows, but we also welcome people that are trying to take that next step within their organization from making those process improvements to being real innovators and how they're trying to do that and the barriers they're facing. 
so why in the, in the emphasis on clean tech specifically when you're looking at uh, as you as you put it the uh, beautiful complexity of um, of the water energy nexus uh, how how is uh, clean tech helping untangle that clean tech clean tech is a big buzzword and it encompasses a lot of things um, so as I mentioned earlier, there's really 90% of the technology exists today to solve our problems. And that encompasses a lot about the technologies, like how do we approach data and analytics um, to improve the grid in our lives. One of the things that you mentioned was the interview with Kimberly Britton, um, you know, the CEO of Epicenter. But what are some of your other favorite stories from the Clean Tech Chronicles? Yes. So when I'm talking to people about the Clean Tech Chronicles, one of the fun little blip stories that's really short and sweet I like to tell is at the beginning of each We Three Live episode with our special guests, we asked them a few icebreaker questions. And one of those questions was, what do you believe that other people think is crazy? And we had two people who said that they believe that there will eventually be no grid, that everybody will be off the grid and be able to function in a house that's self-sustaining with its own energy and water. Um, and that was a response from Linda Mattis and Dr. Shuley Goodman. And Dr. Shuley Goodman has a really interesting story too. She's the executive director and founder for LF Energy. And another one of my favorite stories is from Nancy Bowie Thompson, the board elected board president of SMUD. And it really highlights a theme that came to unify a lot of the episodes and conversations we had with a lot of the people we've spoken to in that theme was the transforming utility customer relationship um, and specifically the involvement of utilities and communities, how utilities, you really just encountered them every month when you're paying your bill. But now there's this whole new transformation of the involvement of utilities in communities. So SMUD is leading the way in terms of sourcing the solutions for, from communities and up. Um, so they see communities as a great asset and they see communities as integral to achieving their zero carbon goal of 2030. Um, so, you so communities can provide the solutions, but SMUD is also involved in training the new workforces around the whole clean energy economy um, with specifically founding the California Mobility Center. They're changing the whole mobility workforce in Sacramento. So Nancy talked about how the California Mobility Center's program is focusing on minority populations who are the people most affected by COVID and the importance of providing that education and training to get those people into the right fields of manufacturing and mobility. So we transition 
them into the clean energy economy. And Joe Biden has also talked about this a lot, about the creation of thousands of jobs with clean energy infrastructure. So SMUD with California Mobility Center had over 300 participants in the last year who were trained for the electric mobility workforce. And that was in just a year. It took a year to train these people to have a whole career and the clean energy workforce. Um, and that also goes into another theme. The last one that I'd like to mention is we emphasize how the clean energy transition is way more than clean energy and climate change. It's about helping solve societal and economic issues. The clean energy trans transition advances world peace with growing electricity diplomacy as noted by Dr. Lawrence Jones with the Edison Electric Institute. So it's this whole transformation in the way that we see clean energy and climate change as something that can improve and bolster our economic growth. How do you think utilities can prevent greenwashing and keep their goals attainable rather than just aspirational? Ooh, greenwashing. So we, we've seen it a lot over the past decades. Um, people setting goals for renewable energy or net zero within 10 or 20 years from now. So it's hard to see like, what are they gonna do today to make that happen? So the first step that the CEO of SMUD, Paul Lau emphasized when he was actually talking about greenwashing is how they have a plan set out and it's publicly on the SMUD website to accomplish their goals. Um, so first step is create a plan and make that public so that people can give feedback and you're open to that. And the second response I'd say is from the episodes with Carter Prescott, who's with SEE, he's the director of electrification. He recommends that you create a group that's really responsible for these goals because Carter was saying that a few years ago, SCE didn't have an electrification group within their company. So there was no one really responsible for achieving these goals that the company was setting and no one who was accountable and it was their sole job to achieve these goals. So the creation of electrification groups is really integral to making sure that those goals aren't just greenwashing press goals. And Kimberly Britton also emphasized how some companies create chief innovation officers that are responsible for this innovation, but it's important to transform that into innovation culture and create groups like SCE has for electrification. Uh, so Laura, what's, uh, what's coming up? Can you give us a little, a little preview of what conversations you're uh, looking forward to coming up? Yes. So coming up, we're renewing the We Three Live series every Thursday for 30 minutes. We're renewing that in August. So make sure that you can join that. And we also have the We Three Summit coming up in December of this year. It'll be a hybrid event in Los Angeles. So that's really a hub for the water energy nexus. 
And then thinking big picture about the We Three movement, we're also involving people globally. So I talked a lot about SMUD um, as well as Austin Energy, and we're going to be involving the SMUDs of the world. So who is the SMUD in the UK? That would probably include Northumbrian in the UK. So we're involving all these different innovators that are leading their regions and providing a hub for them to come together and collaborate. And then the We3 Summit in 2022. So in over a year from now, the We3 Summit will be in Singapore, whole new region, whole new set of innovators. Make sure to join us and you can find the We3 and all that we're doing at the We3Summit.com. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that, Laurel. Thanks. And thanks for uh, being on today. We look forward to seeing you evolve as, a, as an energy professional uh, at C Prime and beyond. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, Joyce, thanks for uh, checking in with us today as well. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. You can find our research in media at zprime.com. You can find us on social media at DY Lockwood, at J.E. Dooley. And do you have a Twitter, Laurel? Laurel Morris. But the I in Morris is one. If you want to find the previous We Three Live discussions, they are on our YouTube channel. Just look for Z Prime. My name is Dylan, and we'll see you all next time.